0: Welcome to the Daily Bite. I'm your host, Reverend Steve Andrews Jr. of St. Matthew Lutheran Church in Lee's Summit, Missouri. Today's show, as really our first episode together, is going to be a bit different than normal. Our normal pattern will be to follow along with the Faith at Home Corner, which is a daily devotional resource I provide to my congregation. It has a recommended chapter of the Bible to study together. Right now, that happens to be Deuteronomy chapter 20 for today. So before we begin, and our normal procedure would be the first chapter of a new book of God's Word, we would unpack that book just a little bit together so that you have some context behind it. And so we'll do that briefly here with the book of Deuteronomy. Moses writes the book of Deuteronomy during the time that the Israelites were in the wilderness, wandering. We don't have a precise timing there, but it is part of that time. The Israelites had left Egypt. God's people had fled from Egypt after the the ten plagues in the book of Exodus. And they had crossed the Red Sea, and then they wandered for 40 years, mostly, primarily there because of their unfaithfulness to the Lord. The book of Deuteronomy is going to be primarily a giving of the law different instructions coming from the Lord to his people for how they should be living as his people trusting in him for his care. The book would then would be dated to around the time of 1446 BC, which is when the exodus from Egypt happened, up until then 1406 BC, the 40-year mark um, from the wandering in the wilderness, which is also around the time when Moses would have died, which is how the book ends. So, for today, we begin our reading with Deuteronomy chapter 20. When you go out to war against your enemies, and see horses and chariots and an army larger than your own, you shall not be afraid of them, for Yahweh your God is with you, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And when you draw near to the battle, the priest shall come forward and speak to the people and shall say to them, Hear, O Israel. Today you are drawing near for battle against your enemies. Let not your heart faint. Do not fear or panic or be in dread of them. For Yahweh your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies, to give you the victory. Then the officers shall speak to the people, saying, Is there any man who has built a new house and has not dedicated it? Let him go back to his house, lest he die in the battle and another man dedicate it. And is there any man who has planted a vineyard and has not enjoyed its fruit? Let him go back to his house, lest he die in the battle and another man enjoy its fruit. And is there any man who has betrothed a wife and has not taken her? Let him go back to his house, lest he die in the battle and another man take her. And the officers shall further speak to the people and say, Is there any man who is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go back to his house, lest he make the heart of his fellows melt like his own. And when the officers have finished speaking to the people, then commanders shall be appointed at the head of the people. When you draw near to a city to fight against it, offer terms of peace to it. And if it responds to you peaceably and it opens to you, then all the people who are found in it shall do forced labor for you and shall serve you. But if it makes no peace with you, but makes war against you, Then you shall besiege it, and when Yahweh your God gives it into your hand, you shall put all its males to the sword, but the women and the little ones, the livestock, and everything else in the city, all its spoil, you shall take as plunder for yourselves, and you shall enjoy the spoil of your enemies, which Yahweh your God has given you. Thus you shall do to all the cities that are very far from you, which are not cities of the nations here. But in the cities of these peoples that Yahweh your God is giving you for an inheritance, you shall save alive nothing that breathes, but you shall devote them to complete destruction, the Hittites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites, the Hivites and the Jebusites, as Yahweh your God has commanded, that they may not teach you to do according to all their abominable practices that they have done for their gods, and so you sin against Yahweh your God. When you besiege a city for a long time, making war against it in order to take it, you shall not destroy its trees by wielding an axe against them. You may eat from them, but you shall not cut them down. Are the trees in the field human, that they should be besieged by you? Only the trees that you know are not trees for food you may destroy and cut down, that you may build siege works against the city that makes war with you until it falls. This is the word of the Lord. Several good points of conversation in this text. It's good for us to remember within the context, again, the Israelites are wandering the wilderness. They are nearing the point where they will finally get to enter the promised land. The Lord had promised to Abraham hundreds of years before that they would get to go into the promised land that he would give them. And here it is. The promised land is before them. The promised land is soon. It is not long after that they will be able to cross over the Jordan and take possession of it. And the promise is that God is with them, that he will drive out their enemies from before them. So as we began this chapter, a wonderful connection really to probably the most famous of these accounts is Judges 7. As you think of Gideon and how Gideon has the army at his disposal to fight back against the Midianites in Judges 7. The Midianites' army is 135,000 men. Gideon starts with just 32,000, so they're already outnumbered, at least three to one there. But God says it's too many, and sends many of them home. Those who are fearful, um, they go home, and then after that, there's this strange drinking competition Have the men drink water from the river, see how they do it. And only 300 men are left after that competition. The rest are sent home. 300 men go into battle against 135,000 soldiers. And they win, and without casualty. That context is what we're seeing here in Deuteronomy. You shall not be afraid of them. Yahweh your God is with you, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. That's Old Testament gospel right there, this good news that God has done this wondrous thing for you. When you think of it even earlier in the book of Deuteronomy with the giving of the Ten Commandments, just as it did in Exodus, we have it begin with who God is and what God has done for us. God did this wondrous thing when he brought you up out of Egypt, when he brought you out of the house of slavery, when he delivered you from Pharaoh's hand. This is the Old Testament gospel in that way. And because of that, it points us forward as we think about uh, verse four here. Yahweh is with you. Yahweh, your God, is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you the victory. That is Jesus Christ in the victory that he has won for us over sin, death, and the devil. A wonderful question to ask to our little ones, to our our small children with this. Because of Jesus, in Jesus, what has God defeated for you? What has God defeated for us? Because of Jesus, Because we love Christ and because he has saved us, what are some things that we don't have to fear? That's especially important today in our context in America as we endure the coronavirus and there is widespread panic among our communities. What don't we have to fear? In Jesus, we don't fear death. As Paul says in the New Testament, to live as Christ, to die as Cain. If the coronavirus should take my life today, I will awake in paradise with my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We do not have anything to fear in this world and in this life. We see a similar whittling down, as I mentioned from Judges. We see it here, uh, the second part of this opening paragraph Man after man being sent home for all kinds of different reasons. God does not need a big army to accomplish his purposes. God does not need our help to accomplish his purposes. But we do know in the New Testament vocations that we have as a community and as Christians, that God does work through his people and through his church in order to provide for and to care for one another. So that could be a wonderful conversation around vocation. What are some ways that we can share God's love with one another? What are some ways that God might work through you to care for his creation today? Our second paragraph, these cities have come under judgment. That was discussed earlier in the book of Deuteronomy. These are people that have rebelled against God. We read these words of utter destruction, complete destruction, of God destroying all of it. And that's hard for our ears to hear. But if we recall, that is the punishment of sin. That is the punishment I deserve. That is the punishment that you deserve. We have sinned. We have rebelled against the Lord. And yet, in the midst of this destruction, he has given a promise. He has given a promise that points people to his provision. He has given the promised land to the Israelites, but even greater than that, he has given us the promised land of paradise to look forward to in the salvation that comes through Jesus Christ alone. So that's a part of our our necessary context as we look at a, a difficult section like this. They deserved the punishment of death, just as we do, but thankfully we have Christ who spares us, who reconciles us to God again. The last little section, kind of an interesting tack on, is a care for creation. Don't just cut down any and every tree. Don't just cut down anything you want. We are called to care for creation. So there is a call by God to spare some of these trees, specifically the ones that bear fruit. And so... We have the call to care for creation, but then we also, because these are fruit-bearing trees, the ability to use the gifts of those trees, the blessing of fruitfulness in order to serve our neighbor, that those fruits would be able to be used to provide for the community in the times to come. Now, again, the, the reason of that utter destruction is worth saying one more time, we see it in verse 18. They may not teach you. To do according to all their abominable practices that they have done for their gods. And so you sin against Yahweh your God. That is the warning and it is the reason for the complete destruction. Remove them entirely. Let nothing remain so that you are not tempted away from the Lord. Away from your faith. How faithfully did Israel follow this command? What was the result? Things go very poorly and very quickly, uh, even within the, the next two books of Scripture, Joshua and Judges, which follow up immediately on the book of Deuteronomy here. We already see this go horribly wrong, leading to all kinds of death and destruction because of the idolatry of God's people. Now, that is a question that we can pose to some of our older children as well. How does this pattern of us worshiping the false idols of our world How does this pattern relate to us today? What are some of these false idols that you and I struggle with? What are some of these things that that our neighbors love so dearly that become difficult for us and draw us into sin? And then again, what comfort do we have? What reassurance and hope do we have in Jesus as we repent of our sins and seek to follow after him? So again, this is Deuteronomy chapter 20 for today, and tomorrow we will look at chapter 21. The Lord's blessings be with you all.